Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 17th. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, except Rob Kendall, he took the day off. Can you believe it? It's hard to believe because it's rare that he ever does. He's a workaholic. Yes. (laughs) That is the voice of Ethan Hatcher. He's going to be filling in today. Thanks for coming in this morning, Ethan. No problem. Happy to be here. Let's talk about the announcement that came down last night. Joe Biden's going to visit Israel. He's going to go on Wednesday. He's visiting where? Israel, and then he's going to go on to Jordan. He's going to meet with both uh, Israeli and Arab leaders. And that was announced by the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. He's already been there. He's been traveling all over the place on a seven-nation, multi-day tour of the Middle East. But now Joe Biden's going to go. He's looking to send a a message that the U.S. is behind Israel. And uh, he's also going to be asking Congress for about $2 billion in additional aid for both Israel and Ukraine. You know, it's better if you say it like Dr. Evil, $2 billion. Billion dollars. That's I think a it's, whole lot of money. I think it's interesting that the president is making it all the way over to Israel and Jordan, which I understand it will place him geographically close to the country and people of Palestine, which means that the president will have gotten closer to the country of Palestine mm-hmm. than he ever got to the derailment of East Palestine, Ohio. This is true. <laughs> interesting that you're saying the country of Palestine. That's another conversation. So it's yeah, a, some some would debate that uh-huh. obviously. It's a 12-hour flight. Actually, 12 hours and 55 minutes from D.C. Is he up to it? Well, he can nap the whole time. He could. Yeah. Uh, Surprised that they announced it. Because when Bush went to Afghanistan on Thanksgiving, do you remember that trip? We didn't know about it until Air Force One was back in the air on its way back. You think for security measures, sometimes they don't announce these trips. But with Biden, they're letting everybody know, oh, he's going. The man in charge is going to make an appearance. Well, Casey, that you're potentially a, a, a portending disaster. Are you are, are you a, a forewarn, or, or forewarning a, a potential vice president Kamala Harris becoming president? Something no. a tragedy befalling our president uh, Biden? No, not at all. Okay. But uh, this visit to Israel will equal the same amount of time that Biden's been to the border. Uh, so he made the uh, Blinken made the announcement from the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem, which, by the way, Trump recognized as the capital of Israel on December 7th, 2020 at 1.07 p.m. Let's take a listen to Blinken. Good morning. On Wednesday, President Biden will visit Israel. He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region, and for the world. And he's coming here to do the following. First, the president will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. President Biden will again make clear, as he's done unequivocally since Hamas's slaughter of more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, that Israel has the right and indeed the duty to defend its people from Hamas and other terrorists and to prevent future attacks. The President will hear from Israel what it needs to defend its people as we continue to work with Congress to meet those needs. Second. President Biden will underscore our crystal clear message to any actor, state or non-state, trying to take advantage of this crisis to attack Israel. Don't. 
Okay, so there's been a lot of pressure on Biden to encourage restraint. Even on Monday, there was a large group of protesters out in front of the White House. So if Israel engages with with Hezbollah in the north and they go into Lebanon, then that gets Syria involved. Syria gets involved. That's going to get Iran involved. Iran gets involved. Then you've got Russia involved. That's how that goes. Those are the dominoes in that order. This is the problem with weak leadership. Biden advising restraint when he needs to project strength. I'm glad that you mentioned Donald Trump recognizing and moving um, uh, the United States embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing it as the capital of the state of Israel, a move that had been warned by geopolitical experts for years as you know potentially starting World War III. But Donald Trump and Jared Kushner made enormous progress in the Middle East, getting several countries, including the U.A., to recognize the statehood Mm -hmm. of Israel, which was a big step in the right direction. And that was less than four years ago under the leadership of Donald Trump. So that really highlights the deterioration of our foreign policy in less than four years Mm -hmm. under lackluster leadership because he does not project strength like Donald Trump did. And although I disagree with many things that the former president says, I do agree with his assertion that were he president today, this attack would likely not have occurred. Yep, and we're going to get to that coming up at 10 o'clock because uh, Trump has been out stumping, and that is one of the things that he has said. That when he's his, right, he's right. His personality, personality has kept us out of wars, and a lot of things have happened under Joe Biden. Okay, so he was on 60 Minutes the other night, and a lot of people saying it was just abysmal. Yeah, it, it was, was bad. It was awful, and he's convinced that a second term with him as president will see him usher in a new era of peace in not only Europe, but also the Middle East. (laughs) Curious, because Europe and the Middle East were at peace before he took office, and I'm curious if this is, he's going to fix things there the same way that he's fixed, air quotes, inflation. Yeah, great point. Okay, so while he was on 60 Minutes, he was asked directly if he's sure he wants to run again. Are you sure that you want to run again? Yes, because I'm sure... Look, when I ran, I said, the world's at an inflection point. The world's changing, but we have an opportunity to make it. So imagine if we were able to succeed in getting the Middle East put in place where we have normalization of relations. I think we can do that. Imagine what happens if we, in fact, unite all of Europe and Putin is finally put down where he cannot cause the kind of trouble he's been causing. We have enormous opportunities. Okay, he's living in his own reality these days because there was peace, at least stability. Stability. Bring back Jared Kushner. Right. Bring back stability. You can't fund wars and then be like, I'm going to make world peace. It doesn't work that way. When people go to war, they're going all in. Okay, so uh, he says that the Israeli occupation of Gaza would be a big mistake, but I don't think that they have any intention of occupying long term. It's probably a short term occupation. They did give it up in 2005. Well, there's arguments to be made on both sides, and I'm not sure which one I agree with, uh, whether or not Israel should maintain their current borders or whether they should, you know, potentially open up a can of worms and overtake the territory. It's such a small slice of land. Um, I, I think in an ideal world, these individuals should have the right to govern themselves, but 
when there's been this ongoing conflict, hostility and outright aggression against Israel, resulting in the fatality of countless thousands of uh, 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 civilians, let alone the 1400 that were just murdered in the terrorist attack uh, uh, a week and a half ago. Um, I, I'm not sure that they have the ability to do that. So it, the question remains, if Israel were to overtake Gaza, would that instigate a larger conflict in the Middle East? I don't know the answer to that question. And I'm not I, I doubt any any person does. Well, I think it's definitely something to consider, especially if they go take on Hezbollah mm-hmm. in the north. Of course, Biden had a warning for everybody in that region. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. Mm. I love how Scott, how Scott Pelley had to correct him. He's like, what What do you mean by that? Do, exactly. do, don't, don't come across the border. Let's clarify. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is anyone scared of this ice cream eating, stare tripping, child sniffing walnut? It kind of reminds me of Kamala saying about our border. Don't come. Right. Oh, OK. Sure. Did, did you see in the interview that what, what I walked away with when you sent me the show prep last night and I was working through the clips is how tired mm-hmm. Biden looks, how weary he was in that interview, like he could barely stay awake. And you heard him there with Scott Pelley, who had to clarify his statements and kind of slow walk him to a cogent thought. Well, and that's, this how, is they frightening. In, that's how they introduced the entire interview. Scott Pelley, in the beginning, he was like, he's 81 years old and he seemed tired and he had he had a long day but he gave us a few minutes it's like they set up the entire interview with one big excuse before they even began right they're 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 letting you know to have low expectations and that is a frightening thing to telegraph all right we've got a lot more to get to it is the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc good morning life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> 21 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher is in for Rob Kendall today. So let's talk a little bit about Iran. The Biden administration allowed tens of billions of dollars to flow towards Iran. What a disaster. In the last couple of years. They've not only waived, but they've simply not enforced sanctions. Yeah. It, it, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the administration is at least partially complicit in the attack from Hamas. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that like, lightly because the administration fully understands that their support for Iran equates to support for Hamas. Mm-hmm. And you may have seen John Kirby doing his little word salad last week um, where he was doing the dance and saying, well, I don't think that there's any direct evidence that Iran was involved in this attack. But we but. totally understand that without Iran, 
Iran, there would be no Hamas, something he said directly and with no uncertainty. So releasing $6 billion to them in uh, the recent uh, transfer and then the more than $10 billion over this administration has absolutely meant an influx of funding for Hamas terrorists. Because when you are paying the bills for these foreign countries, when you are taking care of the, you know, these so-called humanitarian interests, then you are freeing <laughs> up money for them to spend on the military interests. That's how that works. And the dirty little secret is they would anyway because they care more about the conflict than they do about their own people. Because when given the choice between buying rockets or building hospitals, they're choosing the rockets every time. And then it's somehow the United States responsibility to give them billions of dollars to build the hospitals. To build <clears throat> humanitarian aid. But only when they control it. Oh, well, we're releasing it to our, you know, our uh, appro- government approved vendors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't John Kirby always look like he needs to apologize? Like, I feel like he's always like, I know this is BS, but I got to say it anyway. Well, what a terrible uh, position to be in mm-hmm. for a spokesperson uh, because you're constantly having to gaslight the American people and you're either complicit in the dishonesty or you're completely blinded mm-hmm. by partisan loyalty. And I, I, I feel I, like he knows. Yeah. I, I, I feel like he knows that he's lying every time. Okay, so Ted Cruz was blasting <laughs> the Biden administration over the $6 billion to Iran, but he says, wait, him. but wait, there's more. A bunch of Democrats ran and said, "Okay, let's freeze the six billion dollars, the ransom for the five Americans. So they got there. All right. That was obvious. Yes, of course. By the way, you and I had been saying the day it was announced, don't pay six billion dollars in ransom because these monsters will take more Americans hostage, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what they've done. Mm -hmm. But six billion dollars is just the tip of the iceberg. In addition to that, three weeks earlier, the Biden administration released $10 billion to Iran that was coming from Iraq. They need to stop that $10 billion. But beyond that, both of those are still tiny compared to the over $40 billion that Iran has made from oil sales. Uh, Yeah, everybody knew on September 11th, 2023, that this was going to happen. It was a terrible deal. Everybody knew it. And it's interesting. Ted Cruz is talking about all this money. You know, this guy's he's he's not exactly a deficit hawk himself. He likes to spend money just as much as the next guy. Uh, So Senator Tom Cotton, he was saying that Hamas is responsible for the suffering in Gaza. Yes, Tom Cotton, of course. Hamas is dedicated to the destruction of Israel as a nation and the death of the Jewish people. That's in their charter. Um, Israel has inflicted no suffering on Gaza. Hamas is responsible for the suffering in Gaza. They've been in charge there for 16 years. They didn't have to spend the billions of dollars they get from countries like Iran on things like tunnels and missiles. They could have spent it on water and power plants. Hamas is the only, the own, their sole responsibility for any suffering the people of Gaza have currently, have already had or for any civilian casualties in Gaza because Hamas intentionally uses women and children and the elderly for human shields. And if if you don't want your hospitals or your schools or your mosque bombed, you shouldn't use them for military purposes. 
Yeah, that's exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. Um, I actually want to circle back to something that Ted Cruz has had mentioned, and it shows how both directly and indirectly uh, the Biden administration has destabilized the Middle East through its policy decisions, both directly by funding uh, uh, Iran with the $6 billion released to them, uh, unliquidated funds, or the $10 billion from Iraq. But also, didn't you notice the big cash cow was 40 billion dollars mm-hmm. of oil sales mm-hmm. and the only way that we can take a bite out of that is by increasing our share of the pie by increasing production in the United States of our own resources but instead since the globe is still reliant on oil to produce its power and its tra- transportation whether the Biden administration likes that fact or not that means that we have exported that energy production to the Middle East and are enriching them and then at the byproduct is some of these bad actors go and fund terrorist organizations, highlighting how the Biden administration has destabilized us directly and indirectly through poor policy decisions. Energy independence equals national security. Woo! It is 927. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Believe it or not, Rob Kendall took a day off just to enjoy himself. It's hard to believe. I don't believe it. I don't believe you, to quote Anchorman. No, he's all having a good time, hopefully enjoying his day off. That is Ethan Hatcher, who's uh, filling in today. Let's talk about all the uh, the campaign finance reports. Everybody was reporting how much money they had on Monday. And Biden, he outraised Donald Trump over the past three months. And boy, they couldn't run, sprint to a podium fast enough to tout that news. Yeah. Biden's, Biden's team raised $71 million since July 1st. Well, well, Casey, I'd like to break down that uh, to the nitty gritty a little more. Uh, I would like to see where the funding is coming from, because I'll just bet you there's a few high end donors sitting there at the top that make up the majority of that fundraising compared to Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. who I would wager has far more More. small time Mm -hmm. individual donors, especially Mm -hmm. the people that are, you know, purchasing the mugshot shirts and the people that are buying the Trump uh, uh, digital currency. What were the digital pictures? Uh, and NFTs. Yep. NFTs. Trump yep. NFTs. The trading the, cards. Right. Those are small-time donors who are making up those fundraising efforts compared to Biden and George Soros. Uh, you know, and a few other. Something caught in your throat there, Ethan? <laughs> so it just came out this morning that this advocacy group called Climate Power, you know where this is going, cl- oh, with a name boy. like Climate Power, they're committing $80 million in yeah. Advertising for Joe Biden to call attention to his climate and environment agenda. They know where their bread is buttered. Mm-hmm. They're in the green energy sector. They are going to get funding from the government uh, in this reallocation of monetary assets. So they have a vested interest in trying to ensure the Democrat wins. Of course, it makes perfect sense, Casey. It makes it, perfect sense. And you know what's interesting about this? There was this Washington Post University of Maryland poll, and it said that 57% of Americans disapprove of how Biden is handling climate change. Mm. I'm sure there's uh, disapproving people who want him to do more, and then there's disapproving people who say, why does it always have to be climate change? Everything coming down to climate change with this guy. But I think if you go back to 2016, you see Hillary outspent Trump twice as much, two to one. So 
Trump's proving he doesn't need to win the fundraising battle no. to win the presidency. It's about the earned media, which Trump still has. That's it exactly, because every time he farts, the media covers it, right? It's like they haven't learned anything from his ascendancy in 2016, because I remember the moment in the campaign when all the comedians, remember at one time he hosted Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. because it was a joke that he was running in, r- running for president. Nobody thought he stood you know, a snowball's chance in Ecuador of winning. And, you know, it was like the country was having a big laugh. And it was only in the last couple months where the media realized we didn't oops by giving him all of this attention. attention. And then they stopped like broadcasting his campaign uh, speeches. They said, but it was too late. And then now they've circled back and they're doing it again. They're giving him all this attention, all the earned media, elevating his prominence because Donald Trump for Republicans and Democrats is like a hit of crack cocaine. You just you keep coming back for more no matter how much damage it does to your body. So Trust in the Mission is a political action committee that has been supporting Tim Scott's presidential campaign, but they have come out and they said they're canceling all of their ad buys because Scott is continuing to struggle. He's not gaining the traction that they were hoping. So this is a big indicator for Tim Scott's campaign that if he's losing this this pack, they're pulling their money, maybe, maybe it's time for him to send in the white flag. Casey, I would sincerely hope that's the case because not only has the media not learned a damn thing since 2016, neither has the Republican Party. And I talked about this with Rob on my show before that I was getting severe flashbacks to the 2015 primary season with all these Republicans that were crowding the field and then they split the vote. Mm -hmm. And before the party decided to coalesce uh, around uh, Ted Cruz, it was already too late. Donald Trump had had gotten too much steam. He was too far, far ahead of the game. And it's happening again. We have an incredibly crowded field of Republicans who are going to fracture the vote. And if the party is serious about putting up an alternative nominee who would still likely beat Biden because of how weak of a candidate he is, then it's time for the party and for some of these knuckleheaded candidates to coalesce around a winner. I would like that to be Ron DeSantis, but I'm willing to hear alternatives. Okay, so maybe it is time for Tim Scott to endorse perhaps Nikki Haley. Boo! Fellow fellow South Carolinian, uh, or maybe go for a cabinet position. But speaking of Nikki Haley, she said that I ran said the easiest way to come into America is through the southern border. Let's take a listen. I have been concerned. I have been terribly worried about the fact that Iran has said the easiest way to get into America is through the southern border. We have an open border. People are coming through. They're not being vetted. We don't need to wait for another 9-11. You also look at the fact that, Kristen, America is incredibly distracted and incredibly divided. And when America's distracted, the world is less safe. And look at what happened to Israel. They waited for them to be distracted. And that's when your enemies move in. America needs to wake up. We need to put this negativity and division behind us and we need to focus on national security for ourselves and for our friends and start thinking about what it's going to take to get America strong again. Okay, so Nikki Haley, yes, close the border. I think a lot of people would agree with that statement from her. But... And here's the but. She has also said that she thinks that the U.S. should be taking refugees from Gaza. Missed up? I think that 
is definitely a conflict of interest because her criticism is the border is porous and Mm -hmm. we are allowing potentially dangerous people in people in. So we're just going to let them in the front door instead. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I don't follow that logic, Nikki. Okay. So, and neither, and neither does your guy, Ron DeSantis. He's reacting to Nikki Haley wanting to import refugees to the U.S. It's not the question of whether they're all terrorists in Gaza. They teach the kids to hate Jews. If you look at the textbooks, Israel is not on the map of the Middle East. And so this is embedded in the culture. I think it's a very toxic culture. I think that's part of the reason Gaza turned to Hamas. And the idea, you know, they elected Hamas, and there's a lot of support for Hamas there. So that's a very toxic culture. And I worry about importing that to our country. And this was really bracing for me to watch. When the blood wasn't even dry off these Israeli citizens who were victimized by Hamas, you had people in our own country celebrating Hamas. Now, look, you can have different views on Middle East politics. It's a free country. But to go out and celebrate them lobbing off the heads of babies and doing what we're doing in some of our major cities, that was really, really bracing. And honestly, it it brought me back to memories. One of the searing memories I have from September 11th, 2001 is almost the entire world came together to condemn what had happened, stand with America. The people that were cheering, though, there were Palestinian Arabs cheering on the streets of the West Bank and Gaza. Okay, so Ron DeSantis still sounds like he's making sense to me. Yeah. It makes me question the leadership of Nikki Haley that her first intuitive instinct is to import more refugees. Mm -hmm. When we have a refugee, like we are full up right now, regardless of how much these people may or may not deserve to have shelter, we currently are at max capacity. We cannot further import more refugees until we stem the tide of our current crisis. And it's not America's responsibility to solve the world's woes. Nikki, that's taxpayer dollars. Nikki, I'm very sorry for the innocent people who have been victimized by the actions of Hamas. Nikki, but it doesn't mean that I, my taxpayer dollars need to go solve their problem. Need to take what care about, of them. What about Jordan? What about Egypt? What about Israel? What about all the other Middle, Middle Eastern countries? What about friggin' Iran that we just gave $16 billion plus their $40 billion in oil? I'm sure they could take a few refugees and, 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 Casey, they might be more culturally simpatico, you know what I mean? If they went to, like, Iran, they might feel more at home than transplanting overseas to the United States with a vastly different system, a vastly different culture, with vastly different values, and all of a sudden they're forced to respect Jews. Oh, no! And vastly Ah! different laws that they'll have to abide by Mm -hmm. as well. That is Ethan Hatchery's filling in for Rob Kendall today. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 948. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. However, Rob Kendall took the day off. Ethan Hatcher is sitting in his chair. Don't touch anything. Don't move the microphone. Don't touch the camera. Hey, we're on YouTube right now. The camera's still not working, but you can uh, hear us if you'd like, if you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Don't worry, though, because engineering (laughs) is on the way. Allegedly, I hear tale that they will be addressing the camera system today. 
today. So okay. fingers crossed, yeah. maybe tomorrow it'll be back to normal or else otherwise I'm sure we are in store for another lengthy Rob Kendall rant. <laughs> <laughs> so Will Smith, he broke his silence on Which, Jada Pinkett Smith's me- memoir. He needs to stop blaming the weekend crew about that, by the way, because I don't touch this crap. <laughs> and Carl has been nothing but a consummate pro- professional on the mm-hmm. weekends. Mm-hmm. He makes sure all this stuff works. He makes sure that my show runs very smoothly, as does Guy Relford's show. I guess I can't speak about earlier in the day. Maybe it's that Saturday show that's getting up to mischief, but you better better stop blaming the evening crew because we, we are respectful to the equipment. He apologized for that, Good. by the way. He went through the three-step process. <laughs> he apologized for it. He took corrective action, and uh, so... He, he said it wasn't everybody on the weekend. Just so you know, you were excluded from that. Great. Okay. okay. I apologize for walking all over you. I just felt like we needed to circle back to that. But now let's get to Will Smith. Okay. So what? He broke his silence about what his his wife, it, ex-wife? Right. What, what, what do we call it? her now? Estranged. Estranged. We, we can, you know what we can call her? Woman associate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess that's what that's she is. What she, right. Apparently, at least according to her. Okay. So Will Smith said that when you've been with someone for more than half your life, a sort of emotional blindli- blindness sets in. Oh, this poor guy. And this is going back to what? She was on the Today Show. Uh, yeah. She's promoting Today a show. book. Her, it's, yes. It's, it's a tell all. It's called Worthy. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Uh, she is nickel and diming for her portion of the limelight, um, <laughs> promoting this book. And inside, there was a revelation mm-hmm. that shocked the world. Apparently, they've been separated since 2016. And Kev, I think we have that audio. When we met up with Jada in her hometown of Baltimore to talk about her candid new memoir, Worthy, she opened up about an issue that has been kept secret until now. There are so many surprising things in the book, but the thing that surprised me the most, that I actually had to reread it because I said, is this true? Right. Was that in 2016, you and Will decided that you were going to live completely separate lives. It was not a divorce on paper, but it was a divorce. divorce. So from the year 2016, which is seven years ago now. <laughs> yes. Y'all have been apart. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. I think we have a seriously unreliable narrator here. I don't know which Jada to believe mm. because, of course, in 2019, she was unconsensually filming Will in which she was at the time claiming that some marriage counselor had really helped the hurt and healed their wounds. And we have that really uncomfortable exchange as well. You know, Stan Perel is coming to the table. She's going to be at the red table. Would you say she has been instrumental in you and I redefining our relationship? I would say don't just start filming me. Without asking me. Oh my goodness. If you could film. Stare, come help us again, please. I'm still dealing with foolishness. Don't. No, no, she, yeah, because she don't just. Would you say that she helped us heal the hurts that we caused between one another? My social media presence is my bread and butter, okay? So you can't just use me for social media and not, you know, don't just start rolling. I'm standing in my house. Don't just start rolling. Please watch a stare at the red table because she's helped us a lot. Can't you tell? (laughs) I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) Okay, so that that filming right there 
where he said, don't use me. <laughs> that was post non-divorce. That was three years after this supposed Split. separation. Okay. And then an additional three years after that. So we're talking six years. Okay. Will Smith had the famous Oscar slap right. when he's like, take my wife's T- name out your yeah, mouth. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That happened post-split as well. So, like, not only was it a non-divorce, it doesn't seem to be a divorce in any sense of the term. It wasn't even a separation. They're still in the same house. It just sounds like a very toxic relationship is what this is. What it is, is Will needs to man up and reclaim his (laughs) sense of masculine pride. Mm -hmm. I, look, I... I, I, you know, I, 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 I guess I tend to believe him when he says that you become so emotionally attached to someone that the blinders go up. Because I'm looking at this broad and I'm thinking the juice cannot possibly be, be worth, worth the, the squeeze. squeeze. And no. they were describing this, you know, uh, this ground, you know, bombshell revelation mm-hmm. in some article on, I, I think it was Hollywood Reporter, and I was laughing my ass off because they described the the Smith couple as a Hollywood power team, you know, Will Smith mm-hmm. and Jada with her many roles in film and TV. Power that family, are, because even their kids are in on the biz. But don't, too. no, 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 no. Don't you get it though? It's Will. Will is the power couple of Hollywood. What's Jada been in? What can <laughs> name me five movies? Name me three movies that Jada Smith has been in. I could not. Can can, can you name me one movie? No. I okay. Cannot. Can you name me one movie that Will Smith has been in? Well, I know he's he's been very hugely successful, not only in movies but TV show and music. Men, so, right. So Bo- it, right. it, it covers more than just movies with so, this guy. So she is getting the far better end of the mm-hmm. bargain. And for her to so thoroughly emasculate this man, it makes me feel pity for him. But mm-hmm. at the same time, dude, you made your bed. You got to lie in it. It's time to reclaim your mascul- masculinity, admit the wrong, and move on. Move, move on. on. Move on. And Well, you know what? That's it. So he's been hugely successful in acting and in music his entire adult life right lost his mind when he slapped chris rock at the oscars but in spite of all of this don't you feel sorry for him now now that you know what he's been living with and dealing with but only kind of because it's a voluntary it's a voluntary arrangement dude nobody is holding a gun to your head and making you stay in this apparently non-relationship or or whatever it is mm-hmm. he needs to fall off of her quicker than that gal fell off the golf cart you well know what I, I think mean? it's very telling that he said don't use me and uh-huh. do we all realize now that just about everything in Hollywood is just as fake as can be all manufactured crap. It's all what it is. Casey. Yeah. People who play pretend for a living are manufactured? <laughs> I'm shocked for one. I'm I'm shocked. Hey, I want to play the audio of this woman falling off the golf cart. Right. <laughs> you sent this to me, and I think you said something like, just the audio's funny. Because so you could hear it. You could hear it in your mind, and radio is the theater of the mind, yeah, right? You don't need to earworm. see the video. <laughs> yep. Okay, so here is a, uh, here's a woman falling off a golf cart. <laughs> You fall out. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
She's no. like rubbing her head. I think I, she was drunk. Yeah. She th- sounded like it. I think she was a little lubricated, yes. as they say. <laughs> it is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. Miami, my second home. Party in the city where the heat is on.